Hi, this is Tracy Watson and welcome to the Laughing Mother Project, where we laugh at the days to come. mums and welcome back to the Laughing Mother Project podcast. Today you're going to love our guest. She is a beautiful German girl that is so stunning. I actually asked her if she was ever scouted to do some modeling and she admitted that she has been scouted a couple of times but she came from a very strict family who didn't feel that it was appropriate for a girl to um, wear makeup or bring any attention to themselves and so she never ever went into it but I think if you see her photo you'll agree with me that she's beautiful on the outside and she's just as beautiful on the inside so this lovely Russian German girl um, named Lena moved from Germany and lived in Australia for a time and then she's now moved and currently residing in New Zealand We go to the same church together. I have teens, but Lena has beautiful younger children. And so we're going to hear a little bit about her. But today, the topic of conversation or the thing that I would like us to discuss after the interview, and just so that you can have this in your mind while you are listening, is that as mothers, we are the homemakers and we are the ones who actually develop a culture in our home and culture shapes the identities and the characters of the children that we raise. It is often influenced by the culture that we grow up in, right? And um, so, but then afterwards when we make, when we have our own homes, we make our own nests, we have our own families, we get the amazing opportunity to decide what we want to keep from the culture that we grew up in and you know pass that legacy on to our children and then what we'd like to add to it and um, we're going to discuss how we design a family culture after the interview but let's meet Lena. So welcome Lena. we're so excited to be hearing from you because we know that um, you were brought up in Germany and that's really exciting I've never been to Germany so can you just tell us what it's like to grow up in Germany and about your family. You come from a big family, right? Yeah, I have uh, 10 siblings. Wow. So I grew up in a very big family and I did love it. It was always fun and exciting and you always have friends. Yes. So you're never alone. And Uh, even if um, you have no friends in school or something, then you always rely on your siblings. So yeah, you always feel good (laughs) i always think the best people come from big families because you have to learn to share and help each other there's so many things you learn from a big family yeah and you have lots of interesting stories (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah, so i was born in russia but um grew up in germany been there pretty much my whole life uh yeah so so you're actually russian as well then i do have russian blood so it's a big mix dutch german Ukrainian and Russian so <laughs> how do you know how to speak English so well uh, it's just from um, just from moving to Australia New Zealand 
So you pick it up from here. Yeah, and also we learn a little bit in school, okay. but mostly just grammatic. Um, but as soon as I moved to Australia, I had to put those words together to make a sentence, and it was a bit hard at first. And I actually, I think I looked like I'm a very shy person because I was just not able to say what I wanted to say just because yes. I couldn't put a sentence together. But you just pick it up after a while. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got this beautiful big smile and eyes and that so I think <laughs> so I think people feel like you're friendly. Yes, yeah. And now tell me, um I always thought like Russia and Germany that there wasn't that many people that were Christian there. Mm. Um are there are there a lot of Christians in Germany and Russia? Yes. Um so my family, my grandparents were Germans, Dutch Germans who moved to Russia because uh, there was an opportunity and, and my grandfather was a Lutheran and he actually, he started a church in Russia and a wow. Pentecostal church because God opened himself to him. Really? And yeah, and then all those people who were living in Russia um, the little church that my grandfather created, they eventually moved all back to Germany and now it's this massive, massive church of so many thousands of people. And it's a Pentecostal church but a bit different because it's Russian, German and they are very strict. It's not like our Pentecostal church here. So it's what's more, different? It's just very <laughs> quiet and serious, lots of rules um, that you have to follow, um, clothing, makeup, hair. All those things, you have to be very simple. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't stand out, basically. You have okay. to like keep you a little bit to the ground, you know. Suppose they yeah. feel that's being humble. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Humble is the right word, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, okay. Mm -hmm. And was that your mom's dad? Yes, my mom's dad, yeah. And so your mom grew up loving Jesus yes. and telling all of you about him. Yes, my mom is like the best, the best Christian person I know, like the person I admire most. Um, she is just, just such a woman of faith. Her whole life, I only know her basically reading her Bible and listen, um, listening to podcasts or like on YouTube or now it's podcasts back then. Yes. I think it was just CDs or something. <laughs> wow. And reading the Bible and praying and just um, preaching to us the whole time with her life and with her words. So she was, she's like the best, the wow. best example for a Christian woman, I would say. Yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah. And now with each of you, this is what I found a little bit interesting. Did she treat all of you differently? Did she have a different relationship? Because there's so many children. Yeah. It's hard. But um, yeah, you know, we sometimes hear that some children, today I'm just thinking about how parents are now. They look mm -hmm. at the love language of the child. This one is words. Uh, yes, yeah, you're right. This one is... Did she have the time to even do that with so many children? I don't think so. And also they weren't educated enough to listen to or to see and to look for those uh, signs yes. which love language a child has, like I do with my children now. But she, she was very strict, but also very loving. So no matter how strict she was, we always knew she loved us. And yes. unconditionally, and I don't think she made a difference. But she knew that she has to treat every child different because I know that I had like a difficult, difficult teenager phase, and she didn't know how to treat, like how to deal with that. So she went to my sister, who was my 
best friend basically and she told her then my sister told me and so she kind of manipulated me she found ways to get to to get to me because she knew i'm gonna listen to my sister gonna listen to my mom so she found a way and it worked yeah so that was wisdom actually actually wisdom yeah and um but now i want to know more about how you were as a teenager (laughs) i was really actually compared to the world now i was really nice i was actually not really that bad i was just because my my character is control so i just couldn't let go or like couldn't give up because i had to be in control so that's my little um, rebellious streak but compared to what the teenagers are going through this these days there's nothing I did a little bit of makeup. That's like that's like the worst thing I did. <laughs> you bad girl. Yeah, you I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because that is it. You know, girls want to. I think that when you're a teenager, you actually, especially you, look like you are a person who enjoys style and mm-hmm. having your own expression yeah. of who you are. Yeah, and right. that's what I couldn't have because of my church. Because my church was so strict. So yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you know, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I always talk to my kids about the continuum mm-hmm. and, the, you know, the different sides of it that, like, you need to be humble, but at the same time, you need to be fully who you are because mm-hmm. God made only one of you. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and I also think sometimes rebellion, it's not necessarily rebellion, it's mm-hmm. just freedom. Like, you can have yeah. a really free spirit. Yeah. That, and the Bible does say if Jesus sets you free, yes. you can be free indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now your own children, how is it different with them? Mm. Well, they're still little, um, but I do see streaks of myself in some of them, a bit of stubbornness. And, but I'm lucky because my oldest girl, she's almost eight. She's so lovely. She has like the best character, soft, gentle, obedient. So I don't think I'm going to have any problems with her. Yes. And my second one, he's very soft-hearted. Like he has such a loving heart and kind as well. So I think my third might be a <laughs> um, little fireball. Yeah, he yes, he is. He's stubborn. You can see it in him. He has a bit of fire in him. Um, cool. Yes, but he's also very interesting. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yes, and maybe you're yeah. going to have more children as yes, well. Yes, hey? I hope so. Yeah, it's in the planning. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's going to be wonderful. Yes. Okay, and then just one last question I want to ask you is, what would you like your children to learn for, from you as a mom? What, what do you think a mother should teach their children about life, about how to handle life? Um, um, well, I'm a very positive person, my husband too, so it makes it easy to get through things that are harder, like lockdown and so on. We just don't worry, we trust in God. So... Um, I would maybe try to teach them that they can give everything to Jesus and just let go, let go of that control yes. <laughs> um, and just trust that everything will be fine in the end yes. and yeah, just live your life, be joyous, uh, be nice and kind to people, treat everyone like you want people to treat you and yes. just try to be a blessing, yes. I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. That's actually really cool. Um, you know, when you were saying that about control, I also think that, like, I'm a teacher and sometimes you do have to have rules. Yeah. But it's also important to try and teach your children to be powerful mm. because they yeah. actually do need to go and make a change in yes. the world and all of that. And That's you've true. been so brave. You and your husband have moved away from your family. You yeah. didn't even speak the language. No. <laughs> I think that's going to be a huge 
inspiration to your children. They yeah. won't realize it now, yes. but when they're older, they will see you as pioneers, as people who yeah. did, you know, something Maybe different. Maybe as nomads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I guess, because we moved to Australia. We left everything behind in Germany. And then after three years, we decided to move to New Zealand, left everything behind again. We had so many friends already and church and connections. So every time to start anew, but just to have trust that everything will work out. It's everything bravery. will be fine. Yeah. It's really bravery. But I actually. guess because you have the church, you always you the first thing you do in a new country you find a church and that's great advice. Exactly. Because you find friends, you find a new family. And have you found that? So Straight you Straight away, basically. <laughs> well, I came to City Impact Church and, um, you know, Steph, she was like the first person yes, to me approach too. me. Go Steph. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, and that's, that's it. You found this one connection and then it leads to other connections and suddenly you have a new family, yes. a new home. Yes, and I don't think any church is perfect, so like you still have to, I think sometimes people think they find a church, Mm -hmm. but you still have to be listening to what God is telling you to do in your personal walk, Mm -hmm. but it makes a massive difference in terms of just feeling that connection, like Mm -hmm. you're saying, and being fed from what the pastor teaches Mm -hmm. and your children also getting you know the friendships and all of that I think Mm -hmm. it's amazing yeah and you have to invest time you can't just hope for the best and not do anything yes yeah you have to work (laughs) yes and that's the cool thing about our church I think when I'm saying that about uh, not just making a church is it depends which church you go to some people just only go on a Sunday and Mm. it can still be pretty lonely yeah that's what I just meant you know Mm -hmm. if you get involved like I know you've Mm -hmm. been part of a mum's group yeah and cafe and so on yeah yes yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and I know someone's going to be blessed by this, by your being so brave and moving and just always shining. Thanks, Lena. Thank you. Okay. Cool. So the Bible says that we should guard our hearts with all diligence, which means that actually we want to train the heart of a child, not their behavior. We want them to be intrinsically sensitive to the voice of God and to our voices when we speak. And so how do we do that? I just think of the fact that there's so many opportunities that we put our attention towards in terms of designing um, things around us. For example, if you were going to design a new kitchen, do a kitchen makeover, you would spend ages thinking of how you would look that, like that kitchen to look aesthetically. And you would also think of how your life would be made practically easier, um, just in terms of how you position, where you put your stove and where you put your sink and your fridge. All those things would come to mind. Um, if you were to have an extreme makeover of yourself, you would think about, you would make some decisions and intentionally put some things in place. You might exercise or change your diet, or you may even go for hair color or all sorts of surgical procedures that can improve your your outer appearance. You know, that would be entirely up to you. Even your Instagram page, um, you would be intentional on what it looks like. Does it represent you? Um, But all of these things we have a measure of control with. And I think that a very big mistake we can make as a mum is if we think that we can decide what clothes we would like, what 
I was going to say what clothes because the story just came to mind that I remember that I used to buy Grace the most beautiful clothes um, from, uh, I actually used to uh, buy from this shop called Next. I was trying to think if there is one here in New Zealand, but there wasn't one in the UK. And she had the most beautiful dresses. And um, as she got older, she always used to look beautiful, but as she got older, she decided that she wanted to start wearing Dora the Explorer t-shirts tucked in to leggings. And I just, it was going against my style. I didn't want her dressing like that. I wanted her to look beautiful and just have these this lovely style. And I remember taking her to Woolies in South Africa and saying to her, right, you're going to choose a beautiful dress here and I'm going to allow you to choose the dress, but it has to be a dress. And of course, Grace Girl went straight to Dora the Explorer and said she wanted another one of these t-shirts. So there in Woolworths, she was about four or five, I said to her, you may, not order, you may not buy one of these, you may not choose one of these, because you've got a cupboard full of these. I want you to find a beautiful dress. And she got all grumpy and refused to look at the dresses. And this very kind, well-meaning assistant came up to me and said to me, Oh, you know, um, um, I just want to encourage you that you really shouldn't force your child what to wear. Let them have their own opinion and let them buy. Let your children buy what they want to buy. Let them express themselves. I was so angry with this lady because I thought this little girl wears whatever she wants all the time but I just want her to choose something and I'm giving her choice but I want her to choose something for when we go to parties or special occasions that she doesn't just look like she's got out of the sandpit and I was having this real dilemma about um, whether to force her to wear what I thought she should wear or whether to allow her to have complete freedom in whatever she wanted to wear all of the time and I went home and I said to Doug, oh, Doug, I've dreamed of having this daughter that I can go shopping with. And this shopping trip was just ruined. Is this what it means? Like, does this, is this what it means um, for our future shopping experiences? And Doug looked at me and he said to me, you actually both very similar. And I said, how is that? Because we couldn't find something that was similar. And he said to me, well, Trace, you've never really liked following trend and you've got a very specific dress style or, or how you'd like to dress. And Grace does too. And so I think maybe approach it from that way that like you need to realize that you need to need to nurture her, her style and give her guidance, but don't try and put things on her that maybe you would choose and that was great advice because even now Grace is uh, 17 and it's quite funny because if we go shopping together her body type is different to my type she obviously comes from a different generation to what I do but we sometimes uh, swap clothes even her friends will say oh I've seen that and it's because of the fact that we don't necessarily wear each other's clothes, but sometimes she'll buy something and come home and think, oh, I don't actually like this anymore. And I'll be like, oh, I love that. I'll, I'll inherit it. Um, so we, we actually are very different in our styles, but we do both love clothing. And um, I think what I was trying to say about that, because I digressed there a little bit, was that sometimes we can try and want to control 
what our children do and you know that just all becomes a battle of the will and that leads to a culture of dissension, division, irritation, frustration and it just becomes a spiral and cycle of everybody trying to be the one who's in control um, and it's just not healthy so like that makes me think Therefore, we do need to understand that God has given us all a will. He, he's given small children, they're born with a will. He gave Adam and Eve a will in the garden. And so we need to recognize that that will is from God and that your child is actually designed to be powerful. But we don't partner with a spirit of control. So instead, we need to try and know and understand our child, which doesn't mean being child-led or child-centered even. It just means, well, it does, I suppose, mean being child-led, but it's kind of coming back to that whole idea that I was giving you about knowing your plants. And I remember there's a lovely South African lady. She is a psychologist whose name is Hetty Brits, and she does, um, she has done this personality test that you can even do from babies like you can look at the you can fill out a um you can fill out this form or you can look at the criteria for sleeping habits behavior and then she divides your child's personality into one of four types of trees and then she gives you advice on how to um how to nurture those personalities and um, to give you an example, um, because I, I was talking about Grace earlier on, was that um, Grace is somebody who's methodical and who really needs a routine. And um, she does very well when things are structured. And so obviously sometimes, maybe for example, when she was a baby, if I had to take her somewhere else on holiday and try and keep her in that routine she might have battled a little bit more with that and so then it's understanding that even moving her from one country to another meant that her anxiety first was about the fact that she wasn't sure of the new expectations that were being placed on her and so understanding that about her helps me not discipline her and change her behavior but instead it helps me to try and provide her that safety of a routine um, but also helps me to teach her how to be flexible and that life isn't always predictable and how to how to sometimes um, just go with the flow so um, that is a suggestion that you could go and do a personality test and find out about your child's personality if you didn't want to do that we've got the Holy Spirit and we can just spend time with the Lord and pray and ask the Lord to teach us and show us what works with each child and how to bring them up in the ways of the Lord. Okay. Um, I just also want to say to you here that um, obviously we are, so that would be like looking at a plant. And if you bought a plant, you'd look at the instructions. This plant needs sunlight. It needs to be watered once a week. And talking about watering, I think that we need to understand our child's love language because it, that will also contribute to having a great culture in our homes. Some children require quality time. Some children need great words. 
And talking about watering, I have a funny story about the fact that I have sisters. I grew up in an all-girls home and my first child was a girl. And then God blessed me with beautiful Luke the Light. And the one day I was at a party with him and he called to me and I could hear him above me. I had been keeping my eye on him as you do and just having coffee and chatting to the other mom next to me. And I looked up and to my horror, by the way, I've asked his permission and he said he doesn't mind me sharing the story. To my horror, there was my beautiful boy with the blonde hair standing on the top of the jungle gym. He had, he had decided to make a wee from the top of the jungle gym and he was calling out to me to tell me that he to me to tell me that he was able to make a pound a fountain and you know what was the most funny thing was that all the other children found this hilarious no one was disgusted everybody was cheering him on and laughing and loving it and he was like the man of the moment well i had to go and have a little chat to him about keeping things private and why we actually use a loo but um, that just brings me to the fact that watering a garden is important <laughs> and being in Africa we are a lot more free that that's sometimes how we toilet train as we do to teach our children to water the garden if they're boys you know we'll just take them around the corner and say just water the, the garden which is not PC in a lot of places but anyway Watering is important, so know the love language of your child because sometimes children are badly behaved or as a teacher I see this attention deficit disorder and yes there is a place for that but for goodness sake if you can give your children the attention that they need and keep their tanks full then um, maybe there'll be less of that nonsense. Um, Okay, so I don't know if that was right saying that's nonsense, but I just think attention deficit, that means like that's something that we can solve, right? If, if the child is lacking attention, then surely, surely we don't need to medicate it. Surely we can ask the Lord for the grace and the wisdom of how to fill their tank. Okay, um, but on a side note, I do realize that there are people with medical conditions that do get diagnosed with that and I want to be sensitive to that. Um, and just pray grace for you um, but yes before we rush off and just medicate everything I always first believe that we ask the Lord for if there's something that he's trying to talk to us about first so I don't apologize for for suggesting that before we rush off to medication okay so I've spoken about the fact that um, the garden needs to be cultivated like how we see the garden in the Bible was cultivated. So in God's garden, there was an order of authority. Um, in God's garden, um, God set the atmosphere. God was the provider. He was love. He set the time in the mornings and the evenings to walk with his children and um, that brings me to thinking about the fact that I always teach my children, greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. And having to, it, it's more obvious when you move around and you, you get faced with a very different culture, like we heard Lena talking about earlier on, to see that you need to, to work out where you stand, what you believe in and what you stand for. But I think it's very, very important that if you tra train a child's heart on the inside, then the outside 
should have an effect and they should be an atmosphere changer when they arrive instead of being affected by the atmosphere. There's that beautiful story that I'm sure you've heard. As mothers, we need to be thermostats, not thermometers. So we also set that atmosphere from what is going on on the inside of us. We need to be poured into. We need to make sure because the Bible says that our hearts also, you know that saying, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. We need to make sure that we are looking after us, ourselves. And if we're doing that, then if we were being a thermometer, if the baby's not happy, the house is not clean, my nails are not done, I'm grumpy, and then everybody's going to have a bad day. No. That's actually um, immature thinking. I'm just saying it as it is. Because you want to have an amazing home, you want to have a beautiful atmosphere, so it requires that you, if you need to have your nails done, go and have them done, take the time out, be pampered, be loved, and then come back home and don't be a thermometer that, that adapts to the temperature around it, but instead be a thermostat which regulates the temperature because of how well you're doing on the inside. This is not a heavy. We all have bad days. We all have tantrums. We all have days where things are just not going our way. We're not perfect. We're still the children of the Lord, but it's not something that we should create a habit of in our home and then be surprised when our children follow in the same way. That's another thing that we need to role model the culture that we like. If we want to be respected, we want our children to have that blessing of honoring their parents and having a long life, we need to honor the order of authority in our home, putting God first, honoring husbands, honoring uh, people that are in authority over us. Um, you know, I haven't always got that right, I must admit, um, but you know, I just think that as long as we are, we keep coming back and weeding and allowing the Lord to prune, then the garden is always living. It's, it's always growing. And he's able through all seasons to bring forth the harvest. Um, that's what I just believe. I believe that God is that like, that sunlight. He's that, he's that energy and warmth. And he gets right into us, into, into our beings with the life. And um, the photosynthesis and all those amazing, miraculous things that happen, happen because he's part of the growing and cultivating that is happening. You know, the last thing that I want to say is the most important thing is that um, in the Garden of Eden, God gave his children a decision. And he was the perfect parent and they still didn't make the right decision. But he did want them to make good decisions. So we want our kids to make good decisions. And um, I practically look at it like this. They chose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God wanted them to eat of the tree of life. So we do not want our children to be governed, their decisions to be governed by what is being said and sold to them politically, even in school systems. And today this is extremely important because those things don't always line up with what the Bible says. And so therefore we need to train our children that if they, they're in the garden, 
They're full of the life of God and they need to sustain that life of God by choosing life. So all of our decisions need to come back to God is placed before us, blessings or curses, life or death, choose life. And we need to teach them to eat of the tree of life. Now, I know that I have given a lot of info here, but how does that look? Practically, what do I do? How do I create a culture? What are the tools? What are the practical things? First of all, I think that the most important thing is that the children that you have spend time in your presence. So culture has to come from your presence. Are you peaceful? Are you joyful? Are you full of love? And you can't try and do that from effort. That has to come from spending time in the presence of God. So as you presence yourself with God in God, He will presence Himself in you, and the culture from within you will be the culture of your home. Secondly, language, your mouth. What comes out of your mouth? What is the culture of the language that you speak? Is it building up? Is it praise? Is it edifying? Is it equipping? Is it kindness? In Proverbs, it says that gentle instruction is on her tongue and she laughs at the days to come. Yay, are you laughing over the future? Are you prophesying good things? That determines culture as well. Your actions, the way that you love people, the way that you do things. Um, are your children, I loved that in a previous podcast, Tanya Amy says, she says to her kids, do you see mommy doing that? So it's, it's authentically living the culture that you want to see your children doing. Um, another thing is habits and traditions. How do we eat in this home? Do we sit at a table? Do we say grace? How do we go to sleep at night? Is it an argument? Is it a fight? Are there gentle traditions and procedures of going to bed with quietness and calmness? Guys, I just want to tell you, I've got teens and this is convicting me because sometimes they are always fighting to stay awake to all hours of the night and they've got lots of studying and things to do. So don't think that this is only for when your children are tiny. This is a reality. Um, and yes, yeah, so you look at the habits and patterns in your home and then after all of that, it's cool to actually have some core values or some sayings. I think I've mentioned this before, but for us, we have things like, for you, I kill the bull. Leave the place better than you found it. Um, basically, I, I've got a whole lot of them, but there are like some things that I bring it back to. So say Grace or Luke are discussing whose turn it is to load the dishwasher. I try and come back to for you, I kill the bull. So like it's not who is not doing it, like prefer one another, have a culture of honor. Like I said, we, not, we haven't arrived, but hopefully culture happens because of practicing the pattern. So let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for every single precious person that is listening. Jesus, I thank you that the pattern of heaven is available to us. I thank you, Father God, that we are children in your house. I thank you, Father God, that you're a good father, that the Holy Spirit 
is our comforter and counsellor. I thank you that Jesus, you're the brother that, the friend that sticks closer than a brother. I thank you that you role model family. I thank you, Father God, that wherever you are, there is peace, righteousness, peace and joy. And I pray, Jesus, that you would practically begin to speak to each person listening on how to develop the kingdom of God within their home so that they raise up kings, that they raise up princesses, that they raise up people that will make good choices and be mighty in the land. In Jesus' name, amen. Till next time, friends, be blessed and laugh at the days to come.